We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Bear Down Ballers here on the Field of 68 Media Network. I'm Ryan Wall, joined as always by my co-host Jordan Pollock. And Jordan, this past weekend was one of the games this season that we have been looking forward to the whole season. It was number one Arizona at the time, taking on number three Purdue. It was at the Gamebridge Fieldhouse where the Pacers play. And sadly, the Arizona Wildcats reign on top at the number one spot in the AP poll, and their undefeated streak has come to a close. They lost 92 to 84. I wanted to get your immediate takeaways and first thoughts on this game. Yeah, uh, good day. Good day to all of our viewers. Thanks so much for, for listening to us so far on this ride. It's been a great season so far. And yeah, so the Saturday... Uh, they had their first loss. I I was I was pretty impressed. I thought by by how bad Arizona played, and yet they were kind of still in the game until the very end. Like outside of a few clutch free throws that Purdue made in the last minute, I think they got down to right around two possessions. And they had a lot of stretches in this game that just like were sloppy defensively, and where they just missed a lot of point blank layups, and so. I thought with how well Purdue played and how bad of stretches that Arizona seemed to have, like I, I came away pretty impressed um, overall. And just like, you never like want to like look good losing. And, and definitely there were definitely times when this team did not look good. And it seemed like every possession was hard to, for some reason to get a rebound or to stop and to, for a late rotation on a three point shooter. But I, I thought they battled the whole day. And I think especially in early se- early season, like huge games like this, like that's what you want to see from your squad. You want to see them battle, battle from tip to tip. And and I thought they responded well throughout the night. Um, mm-hmm. I think some, some of my bigger points that, that I think jumped out to me was was a lot of success that se- they seem to have around the halfway mark in the second half is when they're switching between man and zone. I know people, fans of college basketball, like that's one of Coach Hayes' things that he he did a lot through the 2000s with his Duke teams 
was switching game between zone and man. And it just gets teams out of funks that, especially when they're shooting really well. And that was a thing that really got them back into the game in the second half. They, I think they were losing a little over 10 and they got it within a possession or two. Um, I think right around the six minute mark and they got it down close and Purdue came out and made it more quick threes. Yeah, it, it just seemed in this game, Purdue just came out of the gates firing, ready to go, hitting shots, hitting three-pointers from the start. And I mentioned last week that I, I, well, I'm i not the biggest fan, and I don't think Purdue's guards are elite like I think that Arizona's guards are. But as a whole, Purdue's guards outplayed Arizona's, and their backcourt had over 50 points and, you know, lawyer leading the way had 27 Braden Smith, 26 points, nine for 15 from the field. He hit four, three pointers, nine between him and lawyer. And then Zach Eady added 22 points. But to me, Jordan, if you would have told me holding Zach Eady to under 25 points, you would think that Arizona would have had a better shot to come out on top. But it just seemed like Arizona was fighting from behind throughout this whole game. They were down by 11 at half. It went up to, I believe, 15 points in the second half. Then Arizona went on a 13-4 run. They came all the way back, like you mentioned, within, I believe, four points. But it just seemed like every time they needed a big, they needed that shot to not just inch them closer, but to tie or take the lead. They just couldn't get enough stops. They couldn't make enough big plays. But on Arizona's ends, a guy that did make big plays and the guy that made a, a big play, it seemed like almost every time they needed, like I said, not every time, but that was Caleb Love. Had his season high in points, 29 points. He had four three-pointers, nine for 19 from the field. He was just confident, and that's what you expect from a fifth-year uh, uh, you know, veteran player in Caleb Love, but it seems like he was the only player from the guards and the wings with Arizona that wanted the moment and wanted to make it theirs. It seemed like Pella Larson, Boswell were just kind of a little too passive for Arizona to succeed in this game. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would completely agree with that, uh, especially from the guard play. I think the first two weeks of the season, we were – we were highlighting and talking about how big of a step that Boswell had made. And outside of the last like two weeks, like we haven't really seen much of that huge step up from Boswell that that we thought we were going to get. And especially with how he kind of came out at that, at that Duke game for the entire country. And so pretty stagnant shot, shot selection, like Oh, four from three. I think those were half of his shots. And and some of them just weren't falling well, and and you kind of hate to see that, but I feel that's somewhat normal, especially from a younger guy. It's his first year starting. Like, if he doesn't feel in a groove, like, and he he's just not, I don't think comfortable comfortable enough to try to shoot himself out of out of like a slump. And so I think that's been a little bit of a disappointing thing to see from him. Um, I I, to- I totally agree on that, Jordan, and. It kind of I have been a huge fan of of Kylan Boswell since he's been in Tucson the last two seasons, and I, I agree he's 
just flat out been too passive on offense the last couple games. I know a lot of those games that Arizona's we've talked about, they've only had a couple big time matchups this season, but not, not just the big time matchups. The last, I agree the last five probably games of this season, he just isn't, he's not, he's not aggressive. He's not hunting for his own shots. We talk about it all the time. I mean, you have to have a balance between getting others involved and finding your own shot because Boswell was, he wasn't on from three had didn't hit a three in this game versus Purdue, but he has to look for it more. He has to draw more contact, go to the hole. And because to me, if this team is going to get to that next level and I know they're not, they were number one and they dropped to number four in the latest AP poll, but they're going to need an elite Kylan Boswell, the Kylan Boswell Jordan that we saw in Cameron indoor earlier this season, that version is going to have to be present for Arizona to make a final four run. Any other any other thoughts? Yeah. Any other thoughts or players that you maybe wanted to see a little more out of in this game? Um, I would say one of the highlights I thought of the game was uh, Johnson. How well Keisha Johnson played, and he, it just felt like he was everywhere. Like he was getting rebounds, he was scoring, he was he was finishing at the rim, he was hitting threes, he even got to the free throw line a bunch of times. Like, and and I thought that was. I think pretty early in the game, I felt like that was a pretty big mismatch that that I saw outside of like the centers and then the guard, the shooting guard play was like hit and he, and he he played very well. I thought and just kind of kind of exposed. I think some weaknesses that Purdue has, especially at their forward and not center position. So I, I was very impressed with with Johnson and and Balo. How well Balo ran the floor. Um, I, I thought was was a great thing, and I think I think they exposed some things um, that Purdue really had trouble with defensively too. I think specifically with Keyshawn of of wings kind of hitting the glass pretty quickly, and and yeah, and it was just guard play. And and you you've been watching college basketball for for a few years, like sometimes teams can just like outshoot you, especially in the era of basketball we lived where everybody's trying to be Steph Curry. Everybody's trying to shoot. Like I, I, I will remember the rest of my life when number one, Virginia lost to a 16 UMBC and they shot like almost mm-hmm. 60% from three and Virginia wasn't in that game at all. That's kind of, honestly, that's some of the way I felt in this game, especially with lawyer hitting the threes that he was hitting and like, Mind me, I think I saw maybe at least one like somewhat uncontested three. Like a majority of the threes that they made were solidly contested. They weren't wide open by any means. These guys were just hitting shots. And and we live in an era of basketball where sometimes all you can do is just kind of give me the I I don't know. I don't know what to do because yeah. they're just making them. Yeah, J- Jordan, and, I, 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 I totally agree with that. I think Purdue took this game and won this game more than Arizona lost this game because overall Arizona played a really good game. We mentioned Keyshawn Johnson. We mentioned Caleb Love, Umar Balo, Boswell and Larson didn't have their best games and only two points off the bench really hurt you. But that performance by Arizona beats a lot of teams on a nightly basis in this, in this college basketball world today. It's just, like I said, when you, you let up 75 points 
from three players. It's hard to beat them no matter what. Obviously, Arizona could have got the job done if Boswell did a little more, if Pella Larson did a little more, but that wasn't the case. But Jordan, I wanted to touch on the guy you brought up, Keisha Johnson. He ha- he wasn't just the best player, or wasn't one of, and maybe the best player that made the most impact for Arizona in this game, but he's been the MVP for me for this Arizona team this season. Every night, every night this season and every game, Keisha Johnson shows up. He's never a guy where you look and you're like, oh, I wanted a little more out of Johnson. It's he's always he's always stealing the ball. He's always affecting the game multiple ways on defense, hitting a couple threes he's improved on. So, yeah, I think Johnson has been the MVP for this Arizona team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and something I want to talk about, Purdue. Purdue played a great game. Matt Painter had a great game plan of, especially early on in the game, with how much Purdue was running. I'm like, what am I watching? Like, I've watched Purdue for years play against Wisconsin, and they're they're honestly somewhat similar to Wisconsin in some ways. Like, they don't have any athletes that are going to try to outplay you and play off the court. And the way that they kind of matched the speed of Arizona early in the game was very bizarre to me. And they played really well. They played really, really well. I don't want to take anything away from Purdue. And, and there's some glimpses of the game kind of gave me some, gave me some uh, memories of last year's Arizona team, honestly, with how much they focus on their center. And, and especially in this game, how much it was like, cool, we're all rolling on all cylinders because our center's getting buckets, he's getting rebounds, and then other guys are shooting the ball well. And that's where Arizona was last year. And, and where it was like, Tubelis is going to give us this many points. Okay, who's going to shoot well for us tonight? And, and I, I, don't, I haven't watched Purdue enough this year to, to really gauge, like, if that's their team. But that's the feeling I definitely got from the game on Saturday. And especially, like, Purdue being the second team to ever lose to a 16 seed. 
And and I and I brought up the Virginia loss earlier and how they just got outshot in the gym. Purdue, like that was not like a fluky game. Like Purdue was just outplayed in that game. Like they weren't like the FDU wasn't just hitting crazy shots and and doing crazy stuff. It was like they got outplayed in that game. And so, and this Purdue team is almost the exact same as they had last year. And so, like, there, I think there's still some question marks about this team for sure, for sure. And 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 again, I want to. It was a great game. I want to give them all the flowers in the world. But but, and I wouldn't say anything like there's an asterisk. I know that's a huge thing in sports media nowadays with certain certain games and certain things happening. I, I think that's so overblown and and it's idiotic. But if that game is like not played in Indianapolis, like within two hours of Lafayette, and they don't have seventy percent of the crowd, I don't know. I I think that game probably goes quite a bit differently because it felt like even when Arizona cut the lead down and they went on runs and they're thrown in zone packages in the second half. It still felt like Purdue had like all of the momentum the entire time, which I don't really know how that happens when it's on a neutral court, but, and maybe that's just on U of A too. U of A fans to travel better. And I know Tommy Lloyd's been super big on the fan base and showing out for games and, and getting, getting people out of their seats during big runs and stuff. But I, that that's those are some things I want to say, and and this is probably one of the biggest biggest road roadish games that they'll probably play all year, just because of the Pac-12 being pretty pretty down this year so far, and and I'm I'm really excited to see to see how this team responds, especially after this game, with what the rest of the week has to, and and going into going into winter break because now the guys are done with classes, they just ended finals, and so. They'll, they'll be ready for their break and to pick up Pac-12 play. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. 1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Yeah, a couple thoughts on on, a, on your, your statement there is that we, we mentioned that a lot of these games aren't actually neutral site games. That wasn't a neutral site game. That was That was as close to a home game in a neutral site arena Literally. as you can get and it's going to be the same we'll get into a little bit arizona playing alabama in phoenix on wednesday uh they're playing at the footprint center where the suns play so that's going to be the same thing 80 plus percent 
of pure Arizona fans in attendance. But another thing you said a little bit ago is that that's the thing with Purdue. They're not going to out-athlete you. They don't have elite athletes, and they don't even get that many elite recruits. It's kind of just Mm -hmm. their their ability to develop. Matt Painter is just an elite developer of talent. That's what he's been known to do. He's been known to take guys like Zach Eady, who I believe was maybe a three-star recruit. Like I don't even think he was a four-star. He was a low-end recruit out of high school. Nobody really talked about him, and now he's on the verge of possibly back-to-back national players of the year. And, yeah, I think that... Uh, that like you know lawyer and Braden Smith they're not going to combine for 50 every game I think Arizona just caught them on a simply caught them on maybe a possibly a career night for those two and like I said last week I think they're closer to they're they're a little above average I'll give them that but I don't think they're elite guys I don't I still don't think they're on the same level of a Caleb Love but the one thing Jordan that they did better than Arizona's or, or one of the things they did better than Arizona's guards this past Saturday is they wanted it more from the start mm-hmm. of the game to the end. They had their foot on the pulse. They were pushing the pace, and their their defense was good. They got stops when they needed to, and they didn't let Arizona kind of get into their flow of their offense. It seemed like Arizona, they, all, they, they never could get what they wanted going, and that, that was a big issue for me in this game and just overall looking at this, not just this game, but in general, this Arizona season, if you would have told me that Arizona is eight and one after playing the likes of Duke and Michigan state who right now aren't ranked or Michigan state's not ranked Duke, you know, they're not ranked that high, but when they played, they were, and then, you know, playing a power or a power five, great program in Wisconsin and, and all these matchups up until this point, if you would have told me they only have lost one game. And like you said earlier, it's to the current number one team in the country. There's no shame on that because we've seen this college basketball season. We've seen Kansas lose games. We've seen every team, UConn lost the, you know, every team, but I mean, Houston's undefeated right now. The only team um, in the top five, but every other team has suffered losses, even Purdue. So I don't think this, in the end, I think Arizona gets more credit for playing this game than, you know, losing. I don't think the loss in the end is going to affect them one bit. And like you said before, I think this is a great, you know, learning and teaching moment for this Arizona team. And We'll get into it in a couple minutes, but they have two more opportunities in their non-conference schedule that are big games and could kind of not erase this, but put this to the back burner if they do come out looking good this week in their two more games. But Jordan, any other final thoughts on this Peru uh, game and how Arizona played and any critiques you may have? Um, I would I would just say, like, we talk about all the great success Tommy Lloyd has had in his first few years and, and all the regular season success. This is a building block for this team going into later in the season for postseason play. Like this, this game is going to help them a lot, especially, especially in March with the selection committee, even playing these games, much less winning all of them. But this one, and they play, 
pretty badly compared to Purdue and they still lose within 10 points. And so I, I just, this is a building stage for this team and, and Tommy Lloyd, like, no, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I think my last thought of this game was while watching it. And even at the end, when Arizona got to four, got to six points within Purdue, it, it seemed like it was a heavyweight matchup and it wasn't <laughs> like Purdue just blew them out of the water. They were up by close to 20 at some point in the second half. And then Arizona, you know, came marching back. It was an Arizona team that is still a top five team in the country. And they proved that to me still while coming up short. I still think they played good. They need more production from the bench if they're going to, you know, win more big games like this down the road. And they're going to need more production and better play out of Boswell and Larson, like we mentioned. But Jordan, let's get into their next game, which as we're recording, this is in two days. It's on Wednesday. It's taking mm-hmm. place at 9 p.m. Arizona time, 11 p.m. On the, e- on the East Coast. It's on ESPN. So even though it's a little later, it's still a national TV game. It's part of the Hall of Fame series in Phoenix, Arizona. As I mentioned at the Footprint Center, it's Arizona, who's now ranked number four taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide, who have actually looked better than their record may say. They're only 6-4 and this season, but they played Purdue really close, only lost by six, less than Arizona did. And their last game, they lost a very close one, tight one against Creighton by three. So they played the great teams close, and they're led by one of the best guards to me in the country right now, Mark Sears. Averaging 21 points, four rebounds, four assists. And Jordan, he's shooting 48% from deep. What are your thoughts on this matchup? And what do you think Arizona's chances are to get back on track with a win over Alabama? Yeah, it's it's another cool matchup. I know preseason Alabama was was ranked in the top 25. They've had they've had a few pretty dang close losses. And I believe a majority of all of their losses have still happen to major conference teams, I believe, and Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, Clemson, Purdue. Um, this is a good program. Um, and and mind you, they're they're less than a year out from having a top three NBA draft pick that kind of blew up college basketball from his on pl- from his on play ability on the court and some of the controversy that he had off the court. Um, but Nate Oates like Arizona actually has some history with Nate Oates as he was the head coach of university of Buffalo in 2018 when Deandre Ayton's uh, freshman year was ended abruptly in the first round. And so Nate Oates, um, another Wisconsin guy, um, his first job was at UW whitewater. They're mostly known for college football, but he, he, he's done some really great things. He's known for some really flashy, like plaid suits. He, he's always styling. So I'm excited to see what he's going to be repping on the court. Um, but I, I think the biggest comparison with his style is, is very similar to the later years of James Harden at Houston. Like they're going to shoot a lot of threes and they're going to try to score in the paint. They're very analytics based. Um, they're going to try to take away shots that just, analytically don't make a lot of sense. They, they don't shoot a lot of mid-range, mid-range shots. They do a lot of high pick and rolls to where they're 
they're looking for a dribble drive, they're looking for a dump down to the big roll into the basket, or they're looking for a pull up three right outside of it. And so it's it's going to be a big game for Arizona's guards, especially in the pick and roll, and and we'll see we'll see how Umar Balo can play really well. But outside of Balo, like especially having Johnson, like this team switches a lot. And so I would not be surprised if they just try to switch every on-ball screen that they possibly get. Um, but I, I think it could be a really fun game. It is in Phoenix, like you said. And so Arizona should be 80% of the crowd. And so it should be a home game. I'm sure Tommy Lloyd's going to hold them up to the highest standard of what it should be like if they were down in Tucson and McHale. Um, I, I don't really think this will be – I don't think it'll come down to the last minute. That's what I would say. I think it'll be a competitive game, but I don't think it'll be within like two scores. I totally agree. And besides uh, Mark Sears, who I mentioned is an elite three-point shooter, they have three other players that are above 40% in their rotation. And as a team, they're right under that 40% mark, 39% from three. So they're elite and lethal from deep. So it, it's going to be a high-scoring game because, I mean, Arizona averages over 90 points. Alabama's at 92 points a game. They put it on teams all the time. And like I mentioned, they keep it close with pretty much every top team they've played this season. They just haven't seemed to be able to get a signature win and get over the top. But, yeah, I think Arizona is going to win this game by, I'm going to say, eight points. They're going to beat Alabama. I think they're going to get back on track. I think Kylan Boswell in this game is going to get going. I think he's going to have at least 15 points and kind of get back on track and sh show glimpses of that player he was in the Duke game and Michigan State and kind of just keep improving game after game here. But, yeah, before we go, Jordan, I want to know your final score prediction. How many points do you think this game is going to be within? I think they'll probably get it close to the average. I think the game will probably be in the 80s. I'd say probably 89 to 80 Arizona, I would imagine. And we still, I don't think, have any spreads yet out for that game. No, but I'd, no. I'd put that right around eight and a half, I think. So you go over eight and a half? Or, or I'd go over eight and a half. Yeah, over so we're, So we're right about the same. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode for watching, viewing, liking, and subscribing. And Jordan, we're going to be back later this week to preview the big matchup against top 15 team FAU that's on Saturday. We'll recap this Alabama game, and we'll see everyone next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.